Tassel time. Tassel. I think we're up to seven. Tassel seven. Just a fancy-ass name for a Q&A. Yep. That's how it's done here. Thank you, guys, uh, for downloading this edition of the Taz Show. I'm him. Taz, hello. And uh, thanks. You downloaded at radio.com on the app or the website. That's much appreciated. Or maybe you downloaded it at Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast content, uh, whatever the hell you do. That's where you got this show. So I appreciate wherever you got it. That means you care and love me. Well said. Okay, so uh, kind of weird music ended as soon as I said that. That was odd. <clears throat> and I love you too. Uh, how about that? So we'll go Taz Hall. Uh, we're not going to play games. We're not going to warm up in the ballpen. We're not going to play any, uh, no, nothing, no goofy music, nothing. You know, we're not going to do that. Okay, come on. Why is that side? Anyway, so here we go. We're going to go to, uh, you know, these, these things basically are posted either on Instagram or they're posted at Taz Talk, that is, or on the Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash the Taz Show, where you basically compose your questions once the alert goes out that there's a graphic that says uh, Taz Hall, uh, recording time, and uh, here we go, and uh, wrestling questions encouraged and begin. So that's how that goes. So we will go to uh, Sir Weaselton. Uh, this is on the Instagram. Uh, he said, uh, do you think WWE is producing enough quality television to spark the soon-to-be free agents on the indie scene? I'm um, assuming he's meaning fellas like uh, the Young Bucks and or, uh, you know, uh, Kenny Omega and these guys and obviously Cody and, and all the guys from New Japan slash Ring of Honor slash Elite Elite slash slash slash. Uh, soon-to-be free agents on the indie scene, or do you think they will... Uh, that we see, I'm sorry, that they that we see the product and say, to hell with the payday, I'm staying on the indie scene. <clears throat> Good question, Sir Weaselton. <clears throat> um, okay, it's tough for me to say what, what I think other people, how they would think or do, but being a wrestler as long as I've been and being around wrestlers for as long as I have and being in the industry most of my adult life, I think I'm pretty qualified to speak on this question, Sir Weaselton, so you asked the right guy. Um, I don't think that the lack of, uh, at t- as of recent times, of creativity, WWE showing what they're writing, and uh, definitely uh, some bad shows that have been going on Raw and SmackDown, and how they have uh, definitely, um, you know, slipped a little bit in the writing and the creative, uh, especially, uh, you know, after Survivor Series or even at Survivor Series. So I don't think that's enough to take uh, a man or woman that's working uh, for another company as opposed to WWE, meaning any place else but WWE, and for that guy or girl to say, eh, I don't want to go work for a company where I could have a contract, um, you know, with a lot of security, uh, a place that I could grow bigger than I've grown, uh, bigger than I can, I should say, on the indie scene, and, and a place that I could essentially retire and even have opportunities in other realms 
within a WWE, not just as a wrestler, once I hang my boots up, because that's something that wrestlers think about. They do think about because wrestlers know that you can't do this and you know, like forever, like 50 years old, 45, 60 years old. Like, you know, it, they understand that. And not everybody runs around making $10 million a year. So it's like, you know, you got to save your money. And even if you, you, maybe you're not making a lot of money. So you need another career or job after a lot of times, depending on how you spend your money or lack thereof. Point is, WWE. It happened with me, where I was able to extend my career and my income, find a new uh, new career in regards to being a broadcaster there. So that really is tough to do in other companies to make really good money like you do in WWE. So, uh, Sir Weaselton, answering your question long form, I don't think that the lack of quality TV that WWE's been putting out is enough to slow down or stop or peak these other guys. Say, you know what, I don't want to go work for this company because their writing really is the shits i don't now i do think that it can uh spark somebody said men that we're speaking of when they look at some other talent and how that that they've done business with in new japan or ring of honor or whatever on the indie scene how well they've done guys like uh like a Finn Balor, who's done really well financially in the company and he's got pushed at times for sure by wwe but Especially during the NXT time, he was pushed great. But uh, let's be honest, it's really been a little like, you know, really been tough. Uh, Gallows, Anderson, you know, these guys, you know, these guys that were part of the, the whole gimmick, the whole, you know, Bullet Club gimmick, you know, like uh, Nakamura, another guy, you know, AJ definitely getting mounts to, to push for quite some time. I mean, uh, so I do think that that can make you think, like, ugh, is this going to happen to me? You know, I mean, I know it crossed my mind before I went to WWE because at that time everybody was a giant. All they all they cared about was giant guys that were just huge. I shouldn't say all they cared about, but a lot. And I knew that when Jericho, you know, uh, signed on and debuted before me, and I saw that they were pushing him pretty good, I'm like, all right, well, this is this is a great sign, you know, because you know Chris and I aren't that far apart in height, um, you know, and 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 you know around the same age and all this shit. So I'm thinking, all right, well, this might be a good sign for me, you know. And that that definitely was something that, but no, but I did have that concern, like seeing how other people were not being used right. Guys from your generation, if they're not being used right, you know what I mean. Like it's definitely something that uh, um, that can get you thinking. Oh shit, is this, is this what's going to happen to me? You know what I mean? It's definitely something you know that can that can uh, that can peak you to the point that peak your interest to the point of a negative interest. Like oh shit, is this going to happen to me? You know. Uh, anyway, all right, so back, uh, we're going to go again Instagram again, another question from the IG As the kids are calling it uh, This is from T Shores 13 uh, What do you think of wrestling YouTube channels covering the business? Alright, T Shores 13 uh, I'm, I'm not Too sure when you question if you mean uh, Wrestling YouTube channels So you mean, I, I'm assuming, I'm going to go with the, you're, I'm assuming you're talking about YouTube channels that have wrestling shows on it, wrestling matches on it, not not guys or girls that are giving content on YouTube about wrestling or giving their opinions. Because I have no interest in talking about that. I don't pay attention to it, and it's none of my business, and I don't really give a shit. But as far as T Shorts Thirteen, let's assume that you're talking about what do uh, do I think of wrestling YouTube channels covering wrestling, meaning wrestling matches? Um, I think it's great. Uh, I don't think it's good. I think it's great. I, I geez, I mean, I've talked about it a lot, and and you know, you guys heard it from a lot of other people on anywhere on TV, and just nothing to do with wrestling, but the way uh, the general public, uh, the society all over the world, 
uh, is pulling in a lot of their content is um, on a tablet or their iPhone or cell phone or whatever. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's not really like traditional TV much anymore. So I do think that any streaming content on, and that's what YouTube would be streaming, you know, any streaming content live or post-produced, you know, uh, that covering the wrestling business, I don't think it's a good thing. I think it's a great thing. I do. Um, because it's what goes on today. You know what I mean? So I, I, I think it's, uh, I, I, no, I got no problem with it at all. So, uh, all right, here we go. We got the D Gals Band. Uh, D Gals Band. Taz, in your prime, I always pegged you for a power lifter. What were you pulling back in those days? Hashtag running the game. Yeah, you damn right. I'm running the motherfucking game up here. Uh, yeah, somebody says pulling means pulling weight, like, you know, pulling meaning a de- he's talking about deadlifting. That's what I'm strongly assuming he's talking about. Because, like, powerlifting. In powerlifting, for those that don't know, uh, the traditional three lifts or movements are squat, bench press, and deadlift. You know, I uh, to, to answer your question, these girls banned, um, I did a lot, to, to your point, a lot of powerlifting movements um, in the gym, in my prime. I definitely did. I was a big uh, deadlift guy, but sumo-style deadlift. So for those that don't know, I've talked about this a long time ago, but sumo-style is where you're legs your your legs a little bit further apart and your toes point out and almost like a seal and you get a close grip where your grip is an under and over grip and it's about maybe seven six seven inches apart so it's a very narrow grip with wide wide split i had very good flexibility in my quads and hamstrings and glutes um in my prime i always worked on my flexibility and which i felt led to my strength so I was sumo style deadlift, and I was definitely uh, I was a, a six plate man. Maybe, maybe you know for a couple of reps, I'd do six plates. I mean, you could throw six six on a side and a quarter on a side. I'd bang it out for one or two. I mean, I wasn't like checking my numbers as singles, you know, like flat bench to work like single. You know, most wrestlers don't do that. You kind of just train to look good and, and take care of your body and work around injuries. Um, but I felt like pulling motions to your question to your point. Uh, would heavy weight help me with my help the explosiveness of my suplexes and that was by design i did that um on purpose because i knew that it would help me uh would help you know, just by knowing the way the body works and shit like that so uh you know for me it was um uh i and one of my favorite uh, probably my probably my my favorite my son trains a lot he's an athlete as you, most of you guys know a college athlete so he asked me one time what's, what's my fa- what was my favorite body part to train when i was training on a regular basis for years it was back i people would think oh man you always had great legs i thought maybe you always wanted to train squat you know legs and squats or um chest for like benching now i love training back i don't know why i just always did i had pretty good strength my pulling power was strength for those of you that don't work out I know much about working out. So, like, when you are working um, pushing motions, that's where you're hitting, like, your chest, your triceps, which is the back of your arm, um, probably your front delt area when you're doing pushing motions uh, for your upper body. Pulling motions hit your back, your biceps, those type of motions, okay? So, there you go. There's your fucking kinesiology, uh, you know, fucking class right there. So, um, all right, the Steven Fury, and that's ST. E-V-I-N, Stefan, the Stefan Fury, uh, again, on the Instagram. I'll get some Facebook shit in a little while. Uh, right here, la, 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 where is it? Here we go. Uh, while on commentary, did you like to know what 
was going on, what was going to happen in the ring. Your reaction to the big show on Lesnar breaking the ring and your call with Cole, uh, Michael Cole, when Eddie won the WWE title are two of my favorite calls ever. Thanks. Uh, sorry if you already answered this before. No, don't be sorry, sir. I, I've talked about this in the past. I don't know if I've ever answered a Taz Hall about this with this question. But no, uh, I did not like to know what was going on. And I can't speak for how WWE does it now with their announced talent, but I know definitely in the bigger matches, the bigger events, uh, the company would keep that from us uh, just so we could react organically. Uh, TNA at times would do the same thing. I've been in production meetings and agent meetings for, for both companies where they're getting ready to go over the finishes of certain matches for bigger shows, and they'd be like, guys, uh, can you guys leave? And you, it feels like fucking rude, like you're in a meeting for 45 minutes to an hour, and you're part of this meeting with like 20 people or 10 people at times. And it's like, all right, uh, we're getting to this point in the meeting where we need uh, the announcers to leave. It's like, what? Fuck you. Um, <laughs> but, you know, initially you do get a little offended, but then you understand why. It's just, it's awkward, like, you know, because you don't want the announcers to hear. They didn't want us to hear. Uh, and initially, in my early years as a color commentator in WWE, I thought um, I, it was. I did think it was like I, I thought it was disrespectful. I felt like, what am I being kayfabe here? Like, what what the fuck is this about? This is not cool. And they're talking, uh, Cole and I talking about it. And in the past, I've talked to Jr. about this years ago. And then I understood why they explained why. Nah, it's just so. And then even Vince McMahon actually talked to me about it once. Um, so I said, I said, yeah, I keep getting thrown out of these fucking meetings. I just fucking, you guys keep kayfabing me. You just start laughing. God, ah, pal, shit, we're not kayfabing you. We're trying to fucking make the calls better. So you don't know what's going on. Jesus Christ, come on. He walked out of the room. That's kind of how the conversations used to go. So, uh, <laughs> that's a true story. So, um, <laughs> then I realized, all right. And then the next day, he'd say, no, no, we're not trying to keep you the dark. Just, just want to just sort of calls right. You know, it sounds better. And then, yeah, you know, he's right. I mean, I wasn't going to buck him. Anyway, he's the boss, but unless it was something I was firm on, but once he would explain it, yeah. So, you know, I, I, as I matured more as a commentator, I realized now it's best not to know what's going on. The things you need to know are like, you know, um, spots, like stuff that, that an actual wrestler, one of the guys or girls would want you to know something that's like a big spot or something that's important so it's called right or what have you. That stuff's different, you know, uh, so you make sure you're going the right way with your story. It's tough to explain that on, on a podcast, but there's all different um, there's all different scenarios where you kind of have to know what's going on. The other thing, and I've talked about this a long time ago, they, they would not, um, they wouldn't tell you, WWE is famous for this, they wouldn't tell you whenever the talent, the wrestlers were going to come over to the announce table to maybe bump a guy on the table, unless it was a huge spot, you know, then they would let you know so no one got hurt but most of the times when they were going to come by the announce desk the talent they would not tell you they would just totally totally keep you in the dark um because they want to now that's an on camera it's not just audio the camera's following whoever i don't know uh you know undertaker and kane towards the announce desk and they're about to beat each other up and then kane smashes taker's head into the desk so they want to see you know jr and king's reaction to that or cole and jbr l's face or you know uh, joey styles and taz or cole and uh, taz see their facial reactions uh or taz and mike adamley well taz is selling and adamley's just sitting there looking at his monitor as the guys are getting smashed on the table <laughs> i'm joking being sarcastic that didn't happen well it might have but i don't remember it happened i love mike i'm just busting chops but 
yeah, so that WWE is famous for that, where they wouldn't let you know, uh, like when the talent was coming over to the table, because they want now, like I said, that's on camera, that's a visual, it's video, so they, they, they could they could see your face and see that you're like, oh shit, what's going on? You know what I mean? Like, oh whoa, you know, like so now because it is a real what happens is like it's the weird thing is like you're calling a show, and you get yourself. You're in a zone, right? So I, I know a lot of newer folks listen to my stuff. Some of the old school folks heard me say this in the past. Your job as a color commentator and a play-by-play guy, no matter what sport you're covering, is you have to look at your monitor. That's the key. You got to look at your monitor. You don't look at the ring. Uh, like if you're calling a football game, you don't look at the football field. You look at the monitor because you need to talk and react to the same time and everything that f- – people at home are seeing and that's what the monitor shows when you watch the field or you watch the ring um that's not with what the the masses at home see so you got to watch the monitor so at times and this happened to me a bunch as a wrestling commentator well i'd be calling the action uh, with my broadcast colleague and then i would like just be zoned into your monitor my monitor because and next year, no, oh shit! I'm like, oh, okay, these guys are right near the table. I, now I got to get off the monitor and I got to look up because I got to sell like what they're doing, just so I and also protect myself. <laughs> so you know what I mean? So uh, uh, so it looks right, you know. Anyway, good question. Oh, we're going back to the IG again. Wolfgang, oh, you guys remember Wolfgang, my good friend from Germany, and he's also a big NFL fan. Yes, NFL Jones in Germany. Used to call a show all the time from Germany when we had live phones. Taz shows daily, and Wolfgang would call with that awesome accent. <laughs> okay, so his question is: My idea to shorten the WrestleMania card. The winners of the champion versus champion matches from Survivor Series get a spot on the card. Would you agree? Okay, good, good thought. <sighs> okay, so my idea to shorten the WrestleMania card: Winners champion versus champion matches. From Survivor Series, you get a spot on a card. Yeah, I mean, I, it's it's definitely an athletic sport way to go into it, which I like. It's like you earn your way into it. Um, yeah, no, I think so. Uh, it's, uh, if you, you know, from the champion versus champ match Survivor Series, you get a spot on the card. Now, as you know, Wolfgang, most of those men or women that are, you know, either a champion, you know, that, you know, they're getting pushed anyway. So they're probably going to be on WrestleMania regardless. But no, I think it's a good idea. I definitely think it's a good idea. No doubt about it. Yeah, no, it's definitely cool. Um, who else we got? So we got Plora forty five. You know, I I just I, I I really you guys know this by the way. I'm I butcher names and shit like all the time, and I don't. Some I've had people say, "Oh, it's a gimmick. You do it on purpose." Uh, no, I don't. I just butcher names. Um, so I I'm sorry about that. I apologize if I'm butchering your name. I really am sorry if I do that. So, but I do feel horrible when I butcher names. I do. Now I got to find this question from this person because I just lost it. I just lost. It. I had his name. I got to hold on. It's stalling music. Hang on. Let me find this. Hold on. So I'm looking. All right. Not this one. Not that question. No, no, no. This question's good. Ah, oh, yes. There it is. Palora 45. All right. Here's the question. Uh, would you consider the most underutilized worker on the main roster today? Or who would you consider? Sorry, I don't my cheaters on. Who would you consider the most underutilized worker on the main roster today? How would you repackage, if needed, uh, and book them? Okay, thank you for that question, Paloria45, if I said your name right, which I probably didn't. Wow. Well, okay, 
frankly, there's a lot of underutilized talent on the uh, <laughs> on the WWE roster. Um, I know. I guess if we're going to stick to just Raw and or SmackDown, um, I mean, for a while back, I would have said Baron Corbin, but Lord knows he's not. He's getting a good push now. He's getting a lot of TV time, but he definitely was. I thought for a while back. Now to the point that people don't they don't like that he's in the spot. Which I, okay, I, I hear you. I mean. Um, obviously Bray Wyatt's been on the back burner for quite some time, which, um, you haven't, you know, I, I, I don't, I, I think that's, that's a guy who I think for so long could have been pushed to the moon, still can be pushed to the moon. Uh, always had good push, but I'm talking about push to the moon, like rocket on him type shit, you know, like big push. Um, I definitely think that he's someone that you could really invest a good amount, strong time, money. A solid year and a half of pushing the shit out of him um, You know, I mean, he's he's definitely I do think he could he could pull a lot of money if you He can he, He's a veteran enough His work rate's awesome His promo work He connects to the people I mean, I remember when I was live daily phones People would call all the time to Taz show And they want to talk about Bray Wyatt I mean, so He really um, He's a guy that definitely seems like today's wrestling fan Really digs Bray Wyatt a lot So I know they're going to do some stuff with him soon here But I'm just saying, like I'm talking about like Push, push, like real Hard ass push And and I would repackage him a little bit I would, I mean you don't have to change a lot to him Because um, he, He's over as it is And people just, they're waiting for him to get pushed uh, But then sometimes Like I said about like Baron Corbin Sometimes that shit happens where It's like then it's like a, a negative effect where Baron, like, you know, starts getting pushed And seems like some people push back on the push You know what I mean? Uh, I think Samoa Joe has been pushed um, And we just saw, you know, recently even pushed more And the stuff we've seen with him with AJ All these opportunities They never, but never went all the way with him And I think Joe's a guy you can go all the way with Not just halfway push You know what I mean? So, but it'd be tough to say Joe hasn't been pushed Because he has been but they've they've never gone all the way with him. I'm talking about all the way rocket, like I'm saying, rocket on his ass. You know what I mean? I do think that's definitely um, you know something you could do for sure with a uh, with a Samoa Joe without a, without a question of the doubt uh, for sure, definitely. So so guys, you know sometimes right? You know, look, it's kind of like a, a weird thing to to discuss, but you know you might need a little boost in the bedroom. Oh, whoa. whoa. Whoa, wait, whoa, what? What happened? We're just talking about Bray Wyatt. Taz is saying I need a boost in the bedroom. Well, pump the brakes. Well, listen, if you need a little boost in the bedroom, I got a little deal for you. How's that? Uh, you guys are not going to like. You're going to love Blue Chew at BlueChew.com. See, Blue Chew offers man a performance enhancement, okay? Uh, look, wouldn't you want to last a little longer? Well, this is what Blue Chew does. It gives that little extra boost, as I said, right? So Blue Chew... Makes the first chewable How about that With the same active ingredients That's in Viagra And Cialis So this is uh, very potent To the sense that You're going to get Great reaction from it The chewables work Faster than pills Up to twice as fast And you can take Blue Chew on a full Or empty stomach And that's a big deal Right there Because if the moment's right You don't have to sit down And eat like a steak dinner And and, you know Like like mashed potatoes and stuff Hold on I got to fill my stomach Then the guy got to take my you know, help. Haha. <laughs> well, you don't have to worry about that with Blue Chew because you could do it, like I said, you could take it on an empty stomach. It's also less expensive than those other two I mentioned before. 
So it only takes a few minutes to fill out a form online. No doctor visit, no awkward conversation, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Ships directly to your door and discreetly it's packaged the right way to your door. So uh, Blue Chew Chewables are prescribed online by a doctor and made in the USA. And Blue Chew gives you the confidence in the bedroom every time. You and your partner will love it, chew it, and do it. So here's the deal I was talking about. It's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code TAZ. That's TAZ, T-A-Z. Just by paying $5 shipping, that's BlueChew, B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com. BlueChew.com, promo code TAZ. All right, so there you have it. We are going to go take a little break, come back for break. I'll hit up some more TAZ Hall stuff. From the Facebook, okay? We just did the IG, then we'll do the Facebook. Double dipping, like always, when we do Tassel. Tassel, sit tight. Yes, alrighty. Alright, look, get back into the Taz Hall in a second. Hey, look, the Taz Show is supported by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, guys. You know that. I love me some Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, and they are introducing their all-new Rate Shield Approval. Oh, yes. Rate Shield Approval, man. Deal is, if you're in the market to buy a home, this is the coolest thing ever, right? Quicken Loans will lock your rate for up to 90 days while you shop. That is just sweet right there. They will lock your rate for up to 90 days while you shop. You ain't got to worry about nothing. Just do your thing. You got 90 days. It's a long time. To get started, all you got to do is go to rocketmortgage.com slash Taz. That's rocketmortgage.com slash T-A-Z. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year purchase transactions. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. Based on quick loans data in comparison to public data records, equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, NMLSConsumerAccess.org, number 3030, that is Rocket Mortgage. All right, so I did some of the uh, Taz Hall Jones uh, on the Instagram. Now it's time to jump right into straight forge ahead into uh, some of the Facebook stuff. By the way, quick side note. Um, notice over the weekend, WWE uh, put your boy over on some kind of a top five answer the challenge open challenge gimmicks and shit and they put my uh, debut on there when i answered the open challenge by the olympic gold medalist the man himself kurt angle and they put a little clip on there and they called me the suplex machine wow that's a rare thing by them a that they put me in there and b that they acknowledged me as the human suplex machine impressive some are saying get ready for the hall of fame get ready taz you're going bro you're getting jettisoned right in that motherfucker I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen. I've been on this topsy-turvy road with them. One week I feel I'm in, one week I feel I'm out. I'm still feeling like I'm out. I feel like there's just a little character to tease me what. That's just me. All right, enough of that, Tazzle. So uh, here's the deal. Facebook, so if you want to interact with it, you go over to facebook.com slash the Taz Show. Um, so uh, I hear we deal. Uh, here's the deal, deal. <clears throat> Marshall Adam Johnson. Uh, what is truly the most dangerous match the majority of talent or even you absolutely dread having to do? 
And do they have a say in whether or not they want to do said match? Okay, good question, Marshall. Um, just to answer in reverse, yes, uh, the talent, the wrestlers would have say, especially if it's something that's on the dangerous side, um, something that's a real on aggressive side, like where you can really get injured badly. They would talk to you first about it. They're not just going to write that in and book it. Um, all the companies, uh, they, they're not. They're just WWE. I, mean, I worked in TNA. It was the same way. Not just going to throw people in a match like that. So you do have some sort of say. Um, they, yeah, I've never seen it where the company wants to put you in danger, or you know, it's got to be stuff you're comfortable with. So that's the first part of that question. I think I just handled for you. Uh, as far as me, the most dangerous match I've, um, the most dangerous match that I've been in, uh, that I dreaded. Um, I, you know, I haven't done a ton of like, you know, especially in ECW, I've been around a lot of really dangerous matches, but I was more while all this carnage was going on, all this mayhem, all this craziness in ECW, I was more of the guy that was working more, you know, a wrestler's wrestler's style, you know, so it was a little bit, I was a little bit, you know, that was kind of the gimmick, but, um, I, you know, I, I would tell you this, and, and it's happened to me. I've never been in a barbed wire match, but I did a run-in on a Bob Meyer, Bob wire deal that Sabu was in. I was going after Sabu. And I can just tell you, um, I think that a lot of wrestlers would agree with that. Anything with barbed wire, okay, because it don't know how to work. Now, digest that sentence that I just said. <laughs> it don't know how to work. What I mean is it's a fucking shoot and it's dangerous. I did a run-in. Talk about what a dumb shit I am. I did a run in years ago as a Tasmaniac. Sabu was doing something in the ring with Bob Wire with somebody. I don't remember who the fuck it was. Early ECW was when I was a Tasmaniac. And uh, big shout out to those Tasmaniac fans out there. And anyway, um, and I run out fucking barefoot. Yeah, smart. Yep. Because the Tasmaniac was always barefoot. Lived the gimmick. And then I stepped on a piece of the Bob Wire and sliced the right. My right foot towards the bottom, like by your pinky toe, that fat part of your, the widest part of your foot. Holy shit. And I, uh, I didn't get stitches. I sealed it up my, on my own. I didn't really need stitches. It was a gash about two inches wide, but it bled like fucking crazy. Bled like the Dickens, I say. So uh, it, it just was like, it was craziness. And then I cleaned it out. Because in that ECW arena, you can fucking basically get, like, lockjaw because it was so unsanitary and filthy. You step on stuff to get gangrene. You know what I mean? So it was definitely a shitbox uh, during that time. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, anything with barbed wire, I think Marshall would be considered as, well, no one really wants to deal with that. Unless you're a crazy man like Sabu, then he wouldn't mind it. Because that's <laughs> Sabu, you know? But uh, <laughs> um, Douglas Davies Jr., on the Facebook Live, ah, perfect segue, look at this What is the Dickens? With a question mark, then he put Curious Jones Okay, good question, DDJ um, Yeah, the Dickens is just an expression I didn't invent it Even though I guess I can say I did It just kind of covers like, uh, man, he beat the Dickens out of him Yeah, it's just, I think it's a, it's probably an English expression Like from the UK, my UK friends can relate I don't know about that. Maybe I maybe I'm false on that. Uh, yeah, I don't know where I got it. I just kind of, I you know, I, I just kind of say it. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't know where I got it from. I never even realized I say it sometimes a good amount until you just like you know popped off with that question. 
has no relation to Charles Dickens. He was, uh, I think he was like a social and English writer and a critic of a lot of things. I critique things, just wrestling, basically, in sports. But uh, maybe maybe it comes from the Dickens. Maybe the Dickens comes from Charles. Maybe that's from his thing. Uh, maybe he, like, he's the, he's the, maybe I'm hacking Charles Dickens. That could be. I don't know. I don't know where it's from. I, I got a feeling it's from English because it's probably English language. So we'll just say it's from England. Uh, but my English friends out there, you guys can maybe jump in on the social and let me know where it comes from. But yeah, I do say, holy shit. Like, man, that thing hurt like the Dickens. Yeah, it, I do say it a lot. I didn't realize that. But thank you, DDJ, as I like to call you now, instead of Douglas Davis Jr. Davis Davis Jr. DDJ. Okay, you got it. Uh, anyways, uh, Joey Williams. Now that's a name. See, that's an easy name. I'm not going to fuck up. Okay. Do you think WWE should run a WWE network commercial during the Super Bowl to try to reach uh, a much wider audience? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. No doubt about it. I think they should. Um, yeah. No back years ago, WWE did stuff with WWE. Uh, WWE did stuff for the Super Bowl commercial. I'm trying to, a lot of guys remember this. I want to say it was something uh, Sopranos or doing something. I know I did a commercial with the Soprano thing. Uh, and then there was something else with the during the Super Bowl. Wasn't there a match with The Rock? Why do I keep thinking? And Cactus Jack, an empty arena match during halftime. <clears throat> if, if that's a fact, what I just said, then I'm a genius. I'm not a genius. Usually I'm not a big historian on the business, but I think that happened during halftime once of a Super Bowl. But yeah, back back to your question, Joey Williams, if, if that is your real name. I do think that uh, they should do that. Yeah, that, I think that's, that's a lot of money. It's big money. Uh, to be honest with you, I think before they run a commercial for the WWE Network, they'll run a commercial for the XFL. Okay, that's what they should do. And, and knowing Vince, that wouldn't shock me if he did that because the XFL is coming back in 2020. And as you guys know, and that's the audience you really want to hit is that NFL audience. You know, he's competing also with that XFL with the AAF, AAFFL, AAF, whatever the fuck. And I got to talk about this on CBS radio, sports radio. This is the uh, affiliate of American football. It's a new league that's starting in 2019. They kind of hacked Vince. They upcutted Vince by a year. So, um, yeah. So then we're going to have two, not one, two non-NFL, you know, field leagues. I'm a football fan. I'm all in. I'll watch the shit. Don't matter. I'll put it over. But yeah, so I do think Joy Williams, yeah, doing a WWE uh, network commercial would be cool for the Super Bowl. But I do think instead of that, if they're going to spend the money, Vince, he should do one on the XFL because that would really hit his audience for that, for football. That has nothing to do with wrestling, but I'm just saying, yeah, I, and I'm, not, I'm not even implying or saying, I'm not going to come off the wrong way, that the NFL audience, that, uh, that a plethora of NFL fans are not wrestling fans because they are. So, you know what I mean? <clears throat> so, I'm just saying, like, I just think if you're going to do it, do it with, you know, the XFL. I think that would work, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, pretty good uh, f- straight up right there. Uh, what do we got here? Jim O'Reilly. Uh, I love the Taz Hall shows. Now, look at that, Jimmy. That's not even a question. It's just a statement, and I read it because you put me over. That's how the shit's done. You're putting over the content, okay? And when you put over the content, I put you over. That's how that shit is done. That's how it's done. Uh, where are we? Jim Wells? All right, uh, must be a Purdue fan. He's got the Purdue uh, Boilermaker train gimmick on his uh, avatar. <clears throat> so, I was just wondering: Do you think WWE will cut back on some of their programming next year? Hmm. 
It's a great question. I don't think they will, bro, um, because I do think they want to give us, the wrestling audience, the wrestling community, a lot of bang for the buck in regards to people who subscribe to the WWE Network. So once they drop in that tier system, they could split things up accordingly. And I also think, knowing how they think, it's you never want to regress. And they're not big into regression. They're big into progression. So if you, if you, if you cut back on program, it, it's almost like a... Uh, kind of like a a way of admitting failure. You know what I mean? That's kind of where I think how I think they might think. You know what I'm saying? So I do think that it's something that um they they'll try to reposition once they do the tier system. But as far as eliminating, I don't think they will unless it's something that they're just not doing a lot. Um, yeah, you know they they've you know they they. They obviously have programming on the WWE Network that they'll do over a certain amount of weeks. Then you won't see or hear about it because they want to see how the numbers were or they want to see if they were investing in it and they'll bring it back. That's different. When you talk about their programming, I'm assuming you're talking about their actual in-ring product, wrestling programming, uh, original programming that they're producing every week, meaning NXT, meaning 205, meaning UK NXT, meaning Raw, meaning SmackDown. So that's what I'm assuming you're talking about, not some of these you know, specials and shit they put on there, whatever they do, whatever they do, and people get these little shows and do shit on there. Um, you know, so, um, so there you go. There you have it. Who else we got here? Let's see. Let me, see. Let me search through here. I got, there's a lot on here. Oh, I need some stall music. Oh, perfect. There it is. Uh, give me a second here. <laughs> Rumor has it. By the way, side note, put that question out. We put it out on the social media a while back that you guys enjoy, actually, the stalling music. I need a name for it, though. Killing time music, KTM. It's not. I'm not really killing time. I'm just ciphering through because my producers, my team of them, they pulled the questions. Some of the questions they pulled, I don't like. Uh, how about that? So I didn't get a chance to prove these. So I don't. Know, I'm just telling you. All right. Anyway. Um, what do we have here? Oh, we got one. We got a good one right here. Look at this one. This is a good one right here. This is from Ed Fee. E-D, second word is Fee, F-E-E, Ed Fee. Uh, are there too many pay-per-views? Ding, ding. Yes, yes, Ed, there are. <laughs> there definitely are too many pay-per-views. I completely think there's too much because, you know, they're doing so much programming with Raw, SmackDown, NXT stuff and shit, you know, UK and the regular NXT they're doing so much, right? And now it's like, you know, it's not like years ago when they would have the big four pay-per-views and all those other pay-per-views. It, it was cool. Now it's just it's total oversaturation. So now that last question, guys, they should they back off some of their programming? Yeah, yeah. When I hear programming, I, now pay-per-views are kind of well, they are part of programming, but I think of programming like the weekly programming, like I mentioned a moment ago. Now I'm kind of. Looping in two questions with one for a reason, Ed. I do think that if they backed off one or two of the regular pay-per-views and because of all all of the attention, I mean all of the content they're giving you with their regular shows, I do think that it wouldn't be bad. And I just think it would make things you know feel those other pay-per-views feel a little bigger and better. So I do think that would be a good thing. Because it's too much. So like I said, when I think of programming, I I I do know pay-per-views are part of that. I do. I understand that. But I do feel like it's more of the weekly stuff. So that's why I don't want people to think I'm talking on both sides of my mouth because I'm not. I'm saying, well, there are too many pay-per-views. 
but they shouldn't regress because if they cut programming, I'm saying if they said, I, you know what, we're going to make, um, we got NXT and NXT UK. We're going to get rid of NXT UK, even though it just started, you know what, the numbers aren't great. It's just hypothetical. Numbers aren't great. We're going to get rid of that. We've got too much programming now. Let's just get rid of NXT UK. That's a sign of quit. That's a sign of failure. I don't think they, I don't think they would ever do that or they want to do that. Um, you know what I mean? I think that'd be a bad move, real bad move. Um, so, but the pay-per-view stuff, I do think it's definitely totally, you know, over too much. Just, just too many pay-per-views. Well, so we got Skylar Jackson on the Facebook. Okay. What was your favorite WWE moment, both as an announcer and a wrestler? Oof. That's you know, I talked in the past about favorite moments and stuff. I gotta tell you, I, I'm not, and I don't want to sound like a boring asshole, but like, I'm not one of these guys that gets hung up in favorite moments. Like, I, I, like I always say, I'm, I'm not, a, I am not a, a, story, a historian. You know, people um, like a Mike Johnson, he knows like history of the business really well. I know. I know the business in the sense of I, I know things that happened in my career kind of when they happened, but I can't tell you every single thing. Um, I, I know overviews have great moments, like for my career. Um, I could give you it no problem, you know. Uh, but you're saying WWE moments. Well, for me, obviously, um, as a wrestler, my debut at the Garden was definitely probably my top, well, definitely my top moment. So that is sad in itself that my top moment was my first moment. <laughs> it's true, though. But, yeah, so as a wrestler, definitely. But I had a lot more top moments as a commentator, as oddly enough as that sounds, because I had a blast there as a commentator, you know. Cause, and, again, all you newer people to the Taz Show content, here's the deal, right? So I talked about this whole shitload back in the day. Like, they, you know, I came in there as an established wrestler to WWE with all my history and ECW and all this shit. And when I came in there, it was kind of like they wanted to kind of, you know, repackage me. That's how it was then. It wasn't like today where you guys that are WWE fans and you see guys come in from Japan or Ring of Honor or whatever, any of the indies or whatever. And, you know, they kind of let these people stay in, the, in, in their wheelhouse that they were in. It wasn't like that back in the day. They, they, wanted to, they wanted to put their spin on you. And they wanted to recreate history in their vision. That's how shit was, fact um, And um, I was a victim of that So as a wrestler, I was a victim of that But as a commentator, I wasn't Because I was born as a commentator there So my birth as a commentator was created under their umbrella So they handled my commentary career perfectly So I have no complaints on that I'm very thankful to this day uh, What I've done there And what they give me opportunity to do as a commentator so, but again, uh, as far as, you know, great moments and shit like that, uh, I always talk about that WrestleMania, I think it was 19, the one in Seattle was my favorite moment as a commentator. That was probably my favorite show to be part of, at, and I've been, to, I've been part of a lot of WWE shows, you know, I've been blessed with that, but I'm just saying like, you know, I, I um, that, that, Seattle show at Safeco was unbelievable. Like really, 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 really unbelievable. Um, so I'm just saying. Um, anyway, what else we got here? Uh, you know, a couple more of these. James Simcock. How long before Paul Heyman is inducted into the Hall of Fame? 
they could have a whole Heyman tribute show as long as Mania with everyone has has worked with over the years. Keep working hard, Taz. I'm waiting to sit under the learning tree. Sometimes I'm I'm sorry. I'm waiting to sit under the learning tree sometime soon on the podcast. Well, you kind of are, James Simcock. You know the learning tree. That was a bit we did back in the day on the Taz show. Thank you, old school Jones right there. Uh, Heyman Hall of Fame. Yeah, listen, sure, of course. Paul Heyman could be inducted into a Hall of Fame uh, any any year, any time they want to put him in it. I mean, he's, he's more than deserving. Uh, he's been more than deserving for quite some time, honestly. Um, do I think that they'll put him in? While he's still an on-camera performer, I don't think they will. I don't think they will. Um, I don't. I'm not a fan of that happening at all. When guys get put in, guys or girls get put in, like when Jr. and King got put in the Hall of Fame while they were still on the air. Like I remember, like I was like Cole and me. I'm like, dude, what? Like <laughs> we're trying to compete with these guys. Like. <laughs> Just put him in the Hall of Fame. What the fuck are we gonna do? You know what I mean? Like, so you know, um, I don't think I don't think they'll put Paul in as long as he's on air. Um, and again, I don't want it to be misunderstood. Like, I I know he deserves it more than deserves it for his work just as a manager. Forget about his contributions to the industry with ECW. But just just put that gigantic thing aside for a moment. <laughs> what he's done in his career and some of the guys he's managed his career uh, in, in, in WCW, you know, NWA and, and into uh, WWE and all the great stuff he's done even before that years ago. He's worked everywhere. Paul's been in every locker room everywhere uh, and had so much success everywhere as an on-camera, you know, wrestling announcer. You know, now he's an advocate. I get it. But I'm just saying, like, just as that alone, he could be put in uh, And then you throw in that little thing called ECW Yeah, shit Yeah um, You know, I I firmly believe And I know, I think it was Paul It was Paul who mentioned on the air uh, Somewhere he was, an interview, I don't remember where it was And someone made and Mentioned a question to him Like about, you know, I don't remember I'm paraphrasing, well, should Taz go in the Hall of Fame Or Rob Van Dam, which Or both, which one should go in first Some Something with me and Rob's name and Paul, like, you know, was cool on the air. He's, you know, he was obviously, you know, cool towards myself and Rob. But then I, I 99.900% sure Paul f- came off more of the realm of like ECW as a whole or something like that, uh, like going in the hall. I, I'm pretty sure it was Paul who said that. And I hope I'm right on that. I'm pretty sure. Um, you guys could tweet me at official Taz and smart me up. Um, I might have even talked about this. You know, we do so much content. I mean, sometimes you forget what you're saying. I know it sounds ridiculous, but it's true. Um, you know, I don't agree with any company being put into the Hall of Fame as a company. Uh, any brand, any co- I don't agree with that. I do think that men and women have accomplished things as individuals. And I, I believe that's that should be recognized. You know, if you're going to take a man or a woman who's done something in any industry, or any sport, if you decide to recognize them in uh, something as prestigious as any kind of type of Hall of Fame, well, I do think that you know if it's an if it's a full company that's going to be put in, I just think that's I, it, to me it's an easy way, <laughs> and easy is not always good. And in that case, I don't think it's good. I really don't. Um, I'm just I'm just, I, I I don't even remember if I said this in the past. I might have been talking to somebody privately about this. Um, but yeah, anyway, so that that's that's my take. But I do think Paul Heyman, uh, you're saying James Simcock 
how long will it be? I mean, anytime they want to do it, but I, I would I would think they'll wait till he's not on the air anymore. Um, but he's more than deserving. Paul could have been put in the Hall of Fame five, six, seven years ago. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it. Uh, he's definitely you know Hall of Fame worthy uh, in my opinion in any Hall of Fame any at any time. Um, totally without a shadow of a doubt uh, with his contributions as on air talent, even as a broadcast. I forgot even as a color commentator. I just completely forgot that part. Yeah, no, he's uh, definitely the bee's knees. Paul, this great shit. He's a great, great guy, and I'm thankful he's done a lot for my career. So it gave me a lot of opportunities, obviously. So. All right, and uh, he's still a friend, so uh, I respect him still immensely. So, anyways, that's the deal, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed this edition of Taz Hall. Uh, seven this was, I believe. And uh, and that's it. Uh, look, uh, I'm Taz, and I'll talk to you later on. All right, bye-bye. Thank you. Said I was raised in the days of my space and screen names back then when I was only worried about my top friends. Now my circle is getting smaller. All these people acting fake, man. And to be honest, I don't even have a top ten. Me against the